0: Hey everybody, it's Dave here on this Sunday, the day after the draft, and we hope everybody got some sleep. It's been (laughs) an exciting last three weeks, and myself and Darren over there are here to talk about it. we got three themes today. We're going to start off with theme one. Which is the Vikings draft that was? We're looking at the twenty twenty three draft. Who we actually took? Who we look forward to seeing on the field? Who we might think makes a difference? They were going to hit the undrafted dudes that we picked up. I think this was probably one of the best UDFA classes the Vikings have selected in a long time. Darren may share that opinion with me. I will have to find out. And in the third and final one, we're going to grade the draft. Not this one, though. Everybody talks about three years back. We're going to look at the 2020 draft. And then we're going to compare it to how it may come about for this draft. Should be fun. Next on 201. Vikings First in Skull presents... This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there, where your two old bloggers have been commenting publicly on the Minnesota Vikings for over two decades apiece. And nothing's stopping us yet. So here we go. Darren, how are things in the Great White North? They're good, Dave. Weather's getting better. I'm actually walking around in
1: shorts this weekend, so uh, that's the first time in like seven or eight months.
0: (laughs) Cool. Hey, I'm happy. (laughs) Well, we're supposed to get to 88 here today, so uh, not to rub it in. Well, say hello to everybody here. Chuck, Mary, Davey, Chris, Raymond. Of course, good old Raymond's here, and... MWO, thank you for making an appearance on this Sunday and spending time with us. So, let's get this show rolling. I named it something simple. The Vikings draft of 2023. As you can see there, there are the six players we selected in the draft. Starting off with the one man in front, Mr. Addison. Who's already demonstrating he has swag? <laughs> so let's go on to theme one. Boom. We've got there, let me get rid of that. Percy Harvin.
1: And why do we have Percy on there? Well, uh just a little bit of a factoid Uh, i was as the vikings had their draft on the weekend and they they had the six picks um only had five going into the draft day bumped it up to seven some trading here and there ended up with six but uh, uh, you know that is a dave a low number for viking fans we're used to seeing a lot more draft picks the rick spielman years from when he was general manager from 2012 until 2021 and even before when he wasn't general manager, but he was sort of de facto general manager, at least on the player personnel side, uh, you know, he had that, that philosophy, right. To, you know, I want 10 draft picks uh, at, mm-hmm. least. At, and, least. Uh, at least. And at least, and often it was more, well, um, <clears throat> we only had six uh, last year. quasi Dofomenso is his first year's GM. He, he had 10 draft picks himself. So, but this year we, we had six, and that was the least amount of draft picks that the Vikings have had. Uh, they've selected since the Percy Harvin draft mm-hmm. in 2009 when we only had five draft picks. Um, now, and Percy was a guy we selected number one. We also got Big Phil Lodo in yeah. the second round. Big Phil and uh, all the other three that we picked were Asher Allen in the third round, who was terrible as a cornerback. And then Jasper Brinkley uh, in the fifth and Jamarcus Sanford was uh, sixth or seventh round, and and, and Jasper, yeah, uh, but uh, but he was a pretty good special teams player. Jasper yes. Brinkley was a was a starter for a couple of years and was a role player for us as a as a run stopping thumper. Although he wasn't always good at stopping the run either. Uh, <laughs> S- Sanford ended up he was a starter in two thousand twelve when we went to the we won the got the wild card that year, uh-huh. uh, the, the, the Adrian Peterson year. But anyway that that. For five picks, that was a pretty good draft. But, you know, so, you know, just a little bit of factoid there. Uh, the six picks were, again, not as much as we're used to. And we had some big, long uh, waits. In we had a 79 between the first round pick we made and then the third round pick we made. The last pick in the third round, there was a 79 pick gap there. Then we had another big one between, I think it was the fifth round and when we picked again. In the seventh, I can't remember how many picks it was. So it was a uh, there was there was uh, some long waits for Viking fans over the weekend, but it was still an exciting weekend. Um, and just looking over the draft, everybody's got their own opinion, of course. But I, I kind of felt that, uh, Dave, you, you'll chime in here though, is I thought that it was a draft that I think uh, maybe it lacked a little bit of sizzle, uh, if you want to say. Not um, for want though. Not no for no. What. But we just didn't, you know, the the talk early on in the the pre-draft about how are the Vikings going to trade up, you know, are they going to go after Mm -hmm. one of the big quarterbacks? Uh, Are they going to go after Stroud or Richardson or Will Levis? And the Vikings didn't make that trade up, uh, and they didn't end up trading back a little bit, you know, a little bit later in the first round like some of us thought they would and I thought they would, or they didn't trade out of the first round to get more picks and into the second round. Uh, they didn't do those things and so and even the players that they picked, you know, maybe might not have quite, I don't know, might not be some of those big upside players, you know, that we're we're always talking, you know, yeah. we'll guys see. are talking about. It. We'll see we'll about see.
0: that. Now, the the big almost disappointment that had Vikings fans all grumpy is the best way to put it for the most of the draft was. We'd all been hyped up during the week of rumors that the Vikings are trying to get Anthony Richardson and uh, and we're all getting psyched up that yes the Vikings are going after their guy. he's gonna be in purple. We're going to see how it works. They're talking up about trading up to number three but it seems too expensive. it's way it would be the biggest jump ever um at least for the vikings uh to go get somebody they wanted to get in front of indianapolis indianapolis was who they were worried about but the more realistic trade-up to get him is if he fell into that you know 10 range somewhere in there well as we know the draft panned out quarterback defender quarterback quarterback right and uh and that was it. Vikings didn't have a chance. And that, you know, by the time they got quarterback, defender, quarterback, they got to Indy, boom, they picked Anderson. So we're like, ah, well, we blew that one, is <laughs> the general sentiment, or sentiment, and people started getting rah, 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 rah. And so we're waiting, a bunch of people screaming, now we're on trade down, trade back. Let's build some picks. We get down to 23, and the Vikings are sitting there waiting to the last minute, last second. As crazy put it, he was on the shot clock. <laughs> and they couldn't get a trade partner that was offering enough for them to trade down. So they selected. And they selected Jordan Addison.
1: They did, and... Uh, Tyler Fornes uh, on the weekend, uh, especially after the first draft night, he he talked about it and the whole trading up thing and the buzz about that. Well, you know, the Vikings didn't really have the the draft assets in this draft or even in next year to really be able to, to I think, put together an appealing package for other teams to, to move up. Um, so, you know, that was a big issue. And somebody, I think it was Raymond, was commented on, Casey didn't panic in this draft, and I think that's you know, that's good because panic uh, panicking leads you to make some rash and sometimes incorrect decisions. But Christian, it, it just be-
0: uh, thanks yes. Raymond for that. I Appreciate that. Good um, you know, words. Of I, wisdom.
1: I think that uh, you know, just because uh, you know I'm saying that this draft lacked a little sizzle, it doesn't mean the Vikings didn't get good players. I think they did. They got good players. They got players that are going to help them this year, which is important. Uh, and Jordan Addison, their first pick at twenty three, is a prime example of that. He's a guy that, yeah, he's got, you know, as every player, the, there, there's going to be things that people are going to nitpick about and are going to point out that some of his weaknesses and contested catches and maybe
0: his size are, are two of those. Sure, his speed, but uh, you know, is, is adequate. It's not fast. He doesn't run a four or three. He runs, you know, just under a four or five.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's plenty fast. Uh, you know, there's Troy Williamson was fast, but couldn't catch the ball and he couldn't run routes. So it didn't really that's do, right. his speed didn't do him much good. But Jordan Addison is like, you could, the Vikings potentially, uh, they may have got the number one wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, he's, I, I don't see, based on what he's done at college, I don't see any possibility that he's going to be a Laquan Treadwell bust He's going to be a guy that I think is going to be productive from day one. He's probably going to be your starter in day one. And if you're worried about what the Vikings are going to do post Adam Thielen, well, I think this pick solves that, uh, even in the first year. And people who are disappointed with the, the Addison trade and I, or the draft pick, and I thought that the Vikings probably should have went corner there. But, you know, uh, this is a guy that, when he's catching 80 balls next year for about a thousand yards, uh, nobody's going to be complaining and he's going to make an impact. I think he's going to be a very good player for us for a long time. And that's what you want from any draft picked, even, even, and particularly at a guy that you pick at 23. So no issues there. Uh, the Vikings in the draft, they, they had, we, we knew, we talked about it, that they needed to build up the cornerback room. Well, they did that. They drafted two corners in this draft, now, and uh, Makai Blackman, Jay Ward, guys that can play, do different things. Uh, so they address that. They got their quarterback of, uh, you know, they got a developmental quarterback in Jaron Hall in the fifth round. He's a guy that's a true athlete. Again, uh, you, he's got some problems, but he's not going to have to start or even play in 2023. You got a whole year to develop him, take a look at him. See what you got, and then and see in twenty twenty four reset whether you got to take another, you know whether you you've got to take another big, and step and try to make a big move at quarterback or whether Hall might be your guy. Uh, as a fifth rounder, the chances of that traditionally historically aren't that great, but he's got a lot of things to like about him. As an athlete, as a passer, his accuracy at times, his ability to make make plays off a of schedule, all that stuff. Um, again, developmental guy—that's what a fifth-round guy is. And the Vikings—they say uh, you, you know—you often hear the mantra, David, about how you should probably take a flyer on a quarterback almost every draft. Almost every draft. The this Vikings have not done yet. The Vikings have not done that mm-hmm. a lot in the, the past decade or so. Uh, the Kellen Mond one didn't work out. Jaron Hall might not work out, but it also might. Uh, worthwhile in the fifth round.
0: I really and like. If he the, does work out, it's cheap. Yes. It's it's like hitting the lottery. And there are those that are taking in later rounds that do hit. It's rare, it's less than oh easily less than ten percent just to get to where they start. Um it's even smaller than that where they're good. It's it's a chance. It's it's you know, a spin of that lottery to see hey can we hit on this if not can we develop somebody who's at least you know eventually going to replace like nick bullens or somebody and uh, stay on the cheap side we'll f- we'll find out I, I was looking at some of his stuff i do like what he does it's he he's going to get t- tons of throws coming up we're going to see That's him in three season a lot
1: a lot a lot and, and we want to see him in preseason a lot, too. Right.
0: because Yeah. So um, we're, we're going to be able to make our own judgments on how he works at the pro level. And it's it's I look forward to it. And plus, it's also somebody that's not threatening Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, in no means, is going to be pissed off that nope. they got this guy. Because they got him in the fifth. And it's, it's going to be, you know, he's not a threat. All right, I'll I'll show you some of the tricks and you know of the trade type deal. Hopefully he does, and we'll see what develops out of it. We have the we have the quarterback coach to develop these guys. That's what we're hoping for, and let's see what happens.
1: And I, I you know, I really liked what the Vikings did on day three. Uh, they got. You know, Jay Ward was their first pick, uh, a guy who's played in the slot. He's been a corner. He was a safety last year. He's like um, good tackler. Uh, uh, he's been a team leader, uh, noted for his character at LSU, and a great, great special teams player. I think he blocked two punts last year, just just last year. Like this guy, uh, and he's the kind of guy. The ability Brian Flores talked in his press availability ball he likes defensive players who can do multiple things well Jay Ward is that kind of guy you know and uh, so they, he was the
0: first pick in the fourth we talked about hall I, I really think, liked uh, um I think their second pick is the same sort of guy um uh, that he can play multiple spots as well whether it's outside or inside in the slot. Now, Ward here is slot, outside, safety, in-the-box safety, just about everywhere. One of his big selling points is that he is good at all of those. And, you know, Quasi was talking about it this week on one of the post-draft night pressers. It's like we had people – when the scouts and then in the building that look at these guys and go, and they put down on their, their sheet, what position he should play. And some of them put safety, some of them put outside, some of them put slot. And he goes, well, we can see him starting in all three of those. Well, it's great that we have that Swiss army knife with how Flores likes to run things and match it up, right? Match up individual matchups. So if, Say, Lewisine is great coming into the box and saying on a particular receiver. He'll keep him on that receiver during the game. Move him around. Well, they need somebody else to go back and play safety. Well, you might have somebody like this flop back and be that extra guy. They're going to game plan it to attack individuals and match mm-hmm. up and give them the roughest times possible. And having somebody that can play three positions well is will be golden. It's going to be one of those things that, you know, the coaches rely upon to fill in holes and that we don't lose a beat. And that's why I think it's a good pick.
1: Yeah, you don't see that very much in the in the secondary where a guy is good at the slot. You know, you usually got a slot guy, you slot only, an outside guy only, and you usually don't find safeties who can cover <laughs> wide receivers. Right. Or if they if you if you put them on a wide receiver, it's bad news for your team. But so Ward's an intriguing guy. I, I really like the, the 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 pick of Jacqueline Roy, uh, who's going to be like uh, we we you know we we signed Dean Lowry, we'd got, we don't need a lot of defensive linemen because we're running a three, four, but we could use some help there. And, and Roy, he could, he's going to got a guy who's going to be like not a lot of starting experience at LSU, a junior. Uh, so he's a guy that, again, you, you can build with him, you can develop him, but he's going to come in and he potentially could be like an energizer bunny, quick guy you can use on stunts and twists, get, Penetrate gaps, make a ton of plays at the line of scrimmage, and and in the and in the opposing offensive side, their side of the <laughs> of the line yeah. of scrimmage. Uh, I'm going to be really, I'm really excited about to see what he can do in preseason and where we're go, where we're going to what we're going to see from and him. Because watch him develop. Watch him
0: develop into a pro level defensive lineman. I think so too. And then the, their final pick. McBride
1: from the running back from University of Alabama mm-hmm. Birmingham. Um, only one other running, well, only one other running back at FBS. He was the second leading rusher in FBS last year. Uh-huh. To get this guy, this get this guy in the seventh round, Dave. Wow. Uh, Tyler talked about it yesterday. Like a tough, compact guy, not going to go down on first contact. Yeah, maybe he's not the explosive home run hitter that, that Dalvin Cook was coming out of college or some other guys, but the guy just gets yards. Um, yeah, an issue because we don't know. He only was targeted nine times on passes in his college career. He only has five catches in his college career. Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler catch that in the first quarter. So <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some things to issues there on the pass side of thing, and we know that pass catching is such a big part of being a running back these days, but when it comes to running the ball – this guy is tough, hard nose, can, you know, good vision from what I'm reading. And again, tough can get the tough yards, but it can also get, you know, beyond that. I, you know, this is a guy, 17 touchdowns, I think last year, mm-hmm. uh, rushing touchdowns. He was this to is a offense. Yeah. Like this is a guy who's, he could be your number two running back. <clears throat> at the at the start of the season or maybe even your 1A by midseason. Uh, I'm really stoked to see what this guy, McBride, can do in the preseason. And, and, again, to get him in the seventh round, that's a hell of a value, I think, by Quasi Dolfamenza. Well, and, Quasi
0: said they had him as a starter level back. Yeah. And then when he was there at the seventh, they couldn't pass him up. They had to hey. take him.
1: And uh, I think, you know, you got his selection. You're looking at re signing Madison, Ty Chandler in the wings, and, you know, even Kenny Wongwu. Uh, you you got to believe that this selection means that the, the Dalvin Cook trade is got to happen at some point in the next At month some or point
0: two. in the near future, you know, between now and shortly after June 1st, something will happen with Dalvin Cook. But
1: yeah, so uh, again, you know, I. I as always interesting trade uh, our draft time. And I think this is a, I would, I, I think this is a time where to, you know, point out that uh, whatever you think about the Vikings draft is let's point out that the guys like Kweisi Dofimenza and his scouts and the pro pro, pro personnel guys, uh, you know, they put in hundreds of hours over the year, maybe thousands of mm-hmm. hours looking over tape, meeting with players, talking to people who know the players, their coaches, they've been trained to what to look for. So, you know, they know what they're doing a lot more than me. Uh, so let's put that out there. But, you know, uh, if you're going to, if I'm going to give a grade to this draft, I'll give it a B plus, a B for the the picks that Kwesi made. And the B plus comes because of that guy in the picture. I, again, I consider TJ Hawkinson part of this draft class because the second rounder that we didn't have this year was part of the draft, part of the, compensation we paid Detroit to get TJ it. Hawkinson mm-hmm. and nobody's complaining about getting TJ Hawkinson and giving up a second and a fourth next year for it. Uh, so add TJ Hawkinson to this draft class and the 2024 draft class when you get around to it. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that is it. I th- I thought it was when I go back to look at it, I'm pleasantly surprised. Now, for the viewers to note, we'll go deeper dives into each one of these guys in future episodes um, to see what it might look like and how they might fit in better and l- look back at what they did in college a little bit and stuff like that. We'll get to know them better as time goes on. I know we should have a rookie mini cap coming up sometime relatively soon.
1: And. Uh, I believe that the the plan is that uh, our own Tyler Forness is going to dive into each of these guys and do what Tyler does. Uh, I'm also my plan is for the next basically seven episodes after this one is I'm going to highlight one of these draft picks. Actually, six episodes highlight one of these draft picks and kind of tell you what I saw watching some of the games of these guys and and what I think of them from like a in a, a fan's perspective. And again, like what they what they might what we might expect them to do with the Vikings next year and beyond next year and, and how they fit into the offense or the defense that they're, that they're coming into.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it, it should be fun. That brings us to the end of theme one and on to theme two. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're
1: here as in conversation with business icons. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: And this, folks, is where I have to apologize. No more graphics for this show. <laughs> I didn't have time. Sorry. We will promise to do better next week on the Graphics. Well, we're back to a more of a normal schedule rather than just the draft. But in theme two, you wanted to talk about the undrafted dudes.
1: I did, and uh, no need to apologize, Dave. You had about like twenty minutes to pr- prep for the show uh, with all the work that you were doing from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Saturday with the draft. So uh, I think uh, our viewership will will uh, they'll be able to get over it. Oh, yeah, they're the, going to see yeah. some
0: more great graphics in the future. They know what to expect and some future artwork as well. Especially if I get my uh, all the logos done for Fan First Sports Network, which I'm on. Uh, we're on. We're part of. But I've got the contract to do some of their graphics and still have a good week, week and a half's worth of work left on that as well. And then we'll get more after that. So we're growing. We started yep. with over fifty affiliates, and we're heading well over three hundred in all major sports. So, and we Imp- just got—we just got a Chicago affiliate this last week. In, uh, y'all know when SB Nation fired just about every team in the NFL, that kept nine. Well, three of the teams that kept her in the NFC North. They fired the Vikings and kept the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions. Uh, the Bears now have uh, their own FFSN um, affiliate. We're hoping to get the Lions. I wanted the Lions this weekend because I wanted to harass them. I wanted the get the <laughs> Packers there so I could harass them. But uh, they, we don't have them yet, so we move on. Theme 2, the undrafted dudes. Who do you like? There's a couple that I think are going to be outstanding. There's a couple
1: that uh, anybody who's been watching any college football or paid attention the past couple of years probably are very enthused that the Vikings signed. And, and yeah, like after the draft happened, uh, Dovamensa and Dovamensa and the gang were st- still busy. It, 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 you know, it, I think you know. A few hours after the draft, they had they announced these fifteen signings of these undrafted uh, free agents from the rookie class. And yeah, I mean, the two big names that are going to stand out for everybody. The first one is Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker, the linebacker from uh, Cincinnati and Miami, Miami of Ohio. Before that, um, but yeah, I, he was expected to be drafted. But uh, the fact that he's five ten. Uh, scared teams off obviously, but uh, Hey, the production is undeniable. David, of course, like last year, 136 tackles, 20 and a half tackles for a loss. That is a lot. (laughs) It seems to be. And then he had nine sacks too, for a guy who's a, who's a linebacker. Uh, I was just watching a bit of his, like some of his, not his tape, but some of his highlights and these are highlights, but, but man, uh, he is a fun player to watch. Um really excited about what he could do, what he might be able to do for the vikings uh yeah again, issues with that size is he how is he going to hold up in coverage? is he long enough is he he's not tall enough he's not long enough all that those kinds of stuff, but man, when you produce like this like Ivan pace jr produced last year and in previous years um you well worth that.
0: If you if you, you keep yeah. producing at that level. I watched his uh tape at. Down at the Senior Bowl, where he's doing drills, they were doing pass-blocking drills. They had uh, running backs pass-blocking against rushing linebackers. He did not lose a single one. He made at least 20 running backs look silly. There was only one that came close to even a tie with it, he beat everybody and made some of them like they weren't even standing there straight to the quarterback dummy. And uh, it was like, damn. Now, <laughs> that's, that's a one-on-one drill. Yes. I mean, you can't take a whole lot. You got big bodies in between, right? The running back's also going to try to shove you into the lineman next to him. But it was, just looking at it, it was impressive. Compared to what normally happens when you get some running backs that do know how to pass block and it'll come up and bam and it you know, and it shocks and stops the rush there a second. That's why the first hit is always you wanted a powerful bang, that goes for your lineman as well. Cause you can stun a guy temporarily, and that buys that extra, you know, few tenths of a second. There was none of that. He was just zoop, 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 boom, gone. And it was just – its I look forward to seeing him on the field and seeing how he can handle a full lineup going against the big boys and how they do. But for for a guy with that production,
1: regardless of what his size is, I don't care if he was 5'5", you're not using a draft pick on him. Well worth the shot and to see what he can do at the very least, he's going to be probably like a special teams demon for you where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the length and the, the height on coverage is not an issue. Uh, and I, I, I think swear that I would expect
0: him to start. Yeah, Raymond asked, exactly. Do you think he'll start? No, I don't think he's going to be one of the starting linebackers. But, but he will probably start on special teams.
1: And if you looked at our, particularly our kickoff coverage last year and the last – Eight games, nine games, or so. You know that we need guys who can tackle and and and, mm-hmm. and cover now. But uh, like looking at pace, I think that for pace, you know, uh, when you're the undrafted rookie free agents, of course, they don't have to sign with the Vikings. They've got they can go with whoever you know right. go to well, the highest good. bidder. Mm-hmm. Well, for pace, I think that for him, you know, he's looking at the Vikings inside linebacker mm-hmm. unit, and he's seeing. Jordan Hicks, I think he saw an opportunity here. He's seeing Jordan Hicks is only signed for one more year. Brian Asamoah, who we think we think is going to be the other starter, is kind of an unknown as to whether he can handle the job or not. Uh, and then behind those two guys are like Troy Dye, William Quenku, Troy Reader. not exactly a murderer's row. So <laughs> I think that... I think that Pace is looking at that inside linebacker room and thinking, hey, you know, I might not play much or at all in 2023, but in 2024, I could maybe even be a starter for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when you look at the type of player that Pace is, plays with his hair on fire, super, super, like another Energizer bunny, you don't think that he saw that Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator here, Mm The way that Flores is such an intense uh, guy, fiery guy, I think that he liked the fact that Flores was going to be his
0: coach. Mm-hmm. I Don't doubt it in the slightest. I think it's a good move by him. That brings us to Andre Carter.
1: Andre Carter, again, uh, this is the other guy that would have caught, I think, everybody's attention. He, he had 14 and a half sacks his junior year. Now, last year, fell off. A lot had three and a half sacks. Don't know what happened there. Uh, didn't get drafted. But again, the he's almost six, seven, about 260 pounds or a bit more. I, again, and the Vikings, the edge rushers that we have now, if we keep everybody we have, and we probably won't. But, uh, you know, if you look at it, Daniil Hunter, Zedaria Smith, you got DJ Wanham, you got Patrick Jones the third, and you got Marcus Davenport that you just signed. So that's a pretty full edge room. Andre Carter, again, much like Jaron Hall in the quarterback position, Andre Carter is a guy that you can develop um, uh, he's got the size he's had production in the past he's got a lot of things that you like. He's got to work on basically he's got to work on his craft he's got to work on his pass rush moves and, and that sort of thing but he's a guy that doesn't have to play in 2023. He, he can make the team but he doesn't have to play you can work on him. Uh, you're you know Mike Smith, the, the, the edge linebackers coach and work with him for a year and have him ready to go in 2024, potentially. Um, at that point, DJ Wanham probably isn't with the Vikings anymore. Zedaria Smith, if he was there in 2023, is probably not there in 2024. Carter could maybe be a, a rotational depth piece. And again, with when you look at his production two years ago, uh, mm-hmm. well worth taking a swing as an undrafted <laughs> rookie free agent, I think. You, the only
0: problem I see with Carter... He's a young border bar lieutenant. And the vets that are watching this now know what sort of problem that brings us. They will probably have to assign him an NCO just so he can find his way to the Egan ah. and the practice facility <laughs> without getting lost. Um, it's the way it is. Last time we signed a young lieutenant, he played for a couple of years, Mr. Austin Cutting. So it's... It's going to be interesting to see how he works out. Now, rules are they can play, but they will also be simultaneous members in the reserves. He's going to have that stuff outside of playing football, so he's going to be a busy man. I hope he sticks and does well at that. I hope all the I hope all the UDFAs, you know, bust not make name for themselves. So. The, 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 yeah, the, there's some other guys. Um, yes, Dean. Were, the, the rules are in can play no. you now. The,
1: there's some other guys from amongst <laughs> these 15 maybe to watch out for. Uh, Catlin Avery, the big nose tackle from <laughs> Illinois. Um, he was in, was one of the top 30 visits. Uh, again, a, hum- a humongous guy, three hundred forty-five pounds or something like that. Not, not a whole lot of production-wise uh, to, to speak of. It. You know, if you're looking for sacks or a whole bunch of tackles, he didn't have that. But that's kind of typical, I think, of a big run-stuffing nose tackle. They take on two or three blockers, and everybody else makes the play, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, somebody somebody to watch for there because we don't again defensive line. That's he, he's somebody who might not make the team, but practice squad. Hey, you never know. Uh, we picked. We, we took uh signed three cornerbacks so Stilled now the we room, have baby so
0: we sell the rib
1: <laughs> yeah along with the two we drafted and the three that uh, that we got as undrafted rookie free agents you got 11 now by my count mm-hmm. in, yep. in the room uh, and um, you know one per, one of those corners maybe take a look at will be uh, would be CJ Colden um, who was um, uh, from um, he was played for Oklahoma last year, I believe, and uh, a transfer from Wyoming. He had four interceptions last year with Oklahoma, uh, so had a bit of a ball hawk season. Maybe somebody to keep an eye on. He's six foot one, so he's got the kind of size that the Vikings and Kwesi DoFamenta likes. Um, so somebody to look look out for there. And there's a whole bunch of guys that you know just to keep an eye out on. Um, another fella, uh, Cephas Johnson. I was just reading up on him. He's listed as a wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. When we signed him, but he actually played quarterback at Southeastern Louisiana, mm-hmm. and so he's kind of like a Joe Webb dude. Okay. Uh, 6'4", 225 pounds, round ran a four or five forty. Um, not great quarterback stats, but uh, could be kind of a dual threat dude. Mm-hmm.
0: Emergency quarterback, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
1: But. Um really excited about particularly Pace and Carter and and the Vikings undrafted free agents the last two or three years, they haven't had much oomph, Dave. They really haven't last year's class really did you didn't notice them in preseason at all. And you know, there was no Eric Wilson, there was no um Mike Boone, there was nobody like that. I think this year is gonna be a big difference that guys like Pace, like Carter, uh like uh, you know, Some somebody like scorers. Avery. Even yeah, some of these corners, uh, they I think we're going to notice them, and I think that some of these guys are actually could be they they might they are going to have a role for the Vikings, maybe not in 2023, but a year or two down the line, and that's good to see because that's good
0: scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you missed one though, as an unrestricted free agent, undrafted free agent, they signed a kicker. Yes, Bud com- Lesney from Georgia. Yep, to compete at that position. We'll see how he does. He did hit 98% of his extra points. Um, So who knows? He supposedly doesn't have the range. He's uh, not as quite as accurate beyond 45 yards, which will hurt him in the NFL. they like him to hit the 50-plus yarders.
1: But yes, they do.
0: It's going to be interesting that we're going to have a kicking competition to watch, at least for a little while.
1: And that's what I wanted and talked about a few weeks ago, Dave, is that I think Greg Joseph needs to be challenged, um, and maybe Podlesny will challenge him. Like you said, uh, don't know so much about if he's got the leg to stick in the NFL, but the extra point. Thing, uh, you know, that is a that is a big problem for that is a big problem for Joseph in the two years he's been a Vikings kicker, and uh, it could cost him a job eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, could be. Well, that's the, that's the quickest rundown of the undrafted free agents we've gone through. Again, as they make a name for themselves throughout the summer and into camp, we'll bring in more and more on With that, we go on to theme three. we got King Chris TV saying we stole Addison from us. But pick him up with Jefferson. Yes, it's going to be a sweet pairing. And I think it's going to be outstanding. Looking forward to it. And King Chris, that looks like a Bears hat you're wearing. Um, We won't hold that against you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yes. Theme three. We're going to look back. We talked about grading drafts. Everybody's Got to grade the draft. How'd they do? Which team did well? Which team did poorly? Which team? We're going to grade them against the consensus board. We're going to grade them against this, the impact, this, and that. And all the grades are coming out. And as we all know, they're normally bullshit. Um, <laughs> I can see grading against the consensus board as to where people pick players. You get You know, bonus points, if they fell below their consensus value and you snagged them down here, uh, we did so with McBride. Um, You lose points if you reach, you know, and pick them higher, right? But even with that, the team goes for the player they want. Did they get the player they want or (laughs) could get at that time? Because obviously some players are gone by then, wanting Anthony Richardson, could we get him? No, sorry. So that's obviously a bonus for us. Um, But was it consensus big board? I'll give you an example. For Jalen Hall was a lot higher. He was consensus third rounder. We got him in the fifth. That was good. When they ranked the teams, the big value one was the Browns because they got a whole lot of value all across the board. Does that mean the Browns are going to be good? Not at all. We were about middle of the pack. So I'm comfortable with that. We weren't bad. We weren't good. We were just there. So but we've always said and always heard, you can't really grade a draft class until it's three years out. right? Grading them now is sort of silly. They haven't touched a football on an NFL field yet. So how, you don't know how good they're going to be in the system. Ah, King Chris is a Giants fan. Well, good mm. for you. The G-Men, it's going to be an interesting year for you guys. I hope you hit the <laughs> shit out of the Cowboys.
1: I like some of the picks the Giants made this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Nutter says, let's grade these players in three years. Well, that's what Theme 3 is about. We're looking at the Vikings 2020 draft class here. Oh. Uh, well, should be good. We had 15 picks that season. That was a Rick Spielman special. Give him picks, more picks, trade down for more picks. Try to own the seventh round. But how'd he do?
1: Yes, how did he do, David? That's we're now we'll be going into year four of that draft class. So, like you said, I, I think there's enough data out there up for all the players that were that were those 15 guys that I think that we can make an assessment of how good that draft class was. And uh, just in case anybody's curious, that 15-player that draft class was the largest the Vikings had had since the 1976 draft class when the Vikings picked 17 players. Now, a little bit different time back then because you had 12 rounds. Uh, <laughs> yep. In this in the, in back in '76, but uh, also just in case you're wondering that that '76 draft class it wasn't bad. Uh, they got uh, they picked James Duck White, the defensive tackle, uh, in the first round out of Oklahoma State that year, and then second round they got one of our favorites, Sammy White, out of Grambling. Um, as as the uh, as a second round pick uh, back then uh, those were two of the 17 guys the Vikings drafted which again was the, the largest draft class the Vikings had had um, up until or you know that's that's been 2020 was a, was a, that was the only the uh, you have to go far, that far back to get a draft class as bigger than the 15 that Rick Spielman picked and I think looking back at the at the 2020 draft class Dave. Uh, we've criticized Spielman. He was criticized quite heavily at the end of his tenure for his draft classes and his personnel moves, you know, uh, trading for Herndon, the tight end, (laughs) you know, trading away a fourth rounder for him or whatever. Defensive
0: end. uh, Yeah. From Baltimore. Yannick
1: Yannick Ngakwe Mm -hmm. trading a third for him and then trading him in two games later for a fourth. But... Looking back at this 2020 draft class, those 15 players, uh, you know, let's assess. Of course, Justin Jefferson was the first pick in that uh, class. And if the other 14 guys had washed out, that the fact that you drafted Justin Jefferson, got a guy that's now one of the top three wide receivers and probably, possibly the top wide receiver mm-hmm. in the NFL. If he keeps on going the way he's going, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Uh, yes. That would mean that would mean a, and at an at a, and at an impact position in today's NFL a that would make this position, yes yeah that would make this draft class I think a good one because you got an all timer Justin Jefferson worth five guys who are media who are just good players uh, so that's that but the thing about this draft is it's just not just Justin Jefferson we got we drafted Ezra Cleveland in the second round he's oh, become a solid. Boy, Left guard started pretty much all four's, uh, all of his three previous seasons with
0: the team. Drafted as a tackle, and immediately got stuck at guard. Hey, Whether he liked it or not. Yes, he's he's making it work. Well, we got him he there. Is?
1: We drafted KJ Osborne, who's become who's basically been a starter on the offense as a wide receiver, as our number three guy. We got him in the fifth round. Beyond KJ Osborne, Ezra Cleveland, and Justin Jefferson, you've got guys like let's look at it, DJ Wanham. Uh, not a not a special player, not a superstar, but in fourth round guy out of South Carolina, he's been a starter at times when we ran a 4 or 3 as a defensive end. And but he's been a backup who's played a significant amount of snaps. Right now, he's the first edge guy off the bench to replace usually mm-hmm. Z Smith or Daniil Hunter. Um, he's been, you know, a d- decent player, a contributor for the team, sometimes a positive contributor beyond him. You've got Blake Brandle, six rounder. He's d- become our backup left tackle, has started some games, may sometime, you know, he might be our swing tackle who plays both. He's been a guy who's developed, has improved. Josh Metellus, another six rounder. He's a co- like one of our best special teams players, and he's developed into a pretty solid backup safety. Like when he had to play for Harrison Smith this year, he played well in in his absence. Um and even James Lint is another guy. He hasn't quite had the impact I was hoping for when we got him mm-hmm. out of Baylor, um, considering he was the Big 12 defensive player of the year coming out of college. But again, he's a guy who is in the defensive line rotation. He plays Anywhere between 15 to 20 snaps a game. Uh, he's a guy the Vikings seem to trust. He's a contributor to this team. And then even Troy Dye, not a guy who starts, but a core special teamer. So even Kenny Willickis, who was in the seventh round, he flashed in 2021 as a, in the 4-3 defensive end. Now, unfortunately, he's been put on the IR in 2020 and in 2022, and he missed the entire season. Now, I don't know what his future is with this team, but he's another guy who's got some potential. We did have some misses in that draft class. Of course, Jeff Gladney only lasted the one year as a rookie. Got into some legal trouble. We waived him. Cardinals signed him, we and all then know he died. The yeah, died in a car accident. And then Cam Dancer, who was a guy I really had high
0: hopes for, up and down as a Viking, and then we waived him this year, and now he's with yeah. Washington. I, we'll eventually find out what the backstory is on that, and it's going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. But, but that that's, was a decent class. I think,
1: yeah, you got eight guys out of the 15 who are either three of them are starters, and you've got another five who are backups or contributors in some way or another, you know, going into their fourth year in the NFL. Uh, I think that, you know, it's not as good as the 215 cl- class because that had, you got three impact studs out of that class. Daniel Hunter, Stefan Diggs, and Eric Kendricks, right? Uh, right? We got one stud and he's a huge stud in Justin Jefferson, but so it's not as good as that class, but it's a pretty damn good class. And, you know, we give Rick Spielman a lot of grief, but that class worked out well for, I think was a good class for him. It's been a good class for the Vikings and it, it does lead a little bit of a it shows that his theory about how you want a lot of a lot of lottery picks in the NFL draft lottery does make sense. <laughs> you know, the it more darts you got, yes, it can make the more darts you got
0: to throw at the dartboard, uh, you, the better chance you have it, at hitting the bullseye. But you want those quality impact players, like Quazi says, that's the key. Those impact players are what I've said move that expected points per uh, average temp EPA, whatever it is. Number up, you want those, and then everybody else could be the rest. And as long as they're not bad, and that's the way they go. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. We gave Spielman a decent grade on that draft. It'll be uh, very good, especially when we expect J.J. to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he continues, it's it's interesting. Three years from now, we'll do the same thing with this draft from Quasi. And let's see how that goes. We're still waiting on last year's draft from Kwesi. So we'll find out. We're excited about this year's draft. We're excited about the some of those unrestricted uh, free agents they signed, the undrafted free agents. And we're going to get more and more into it as this week goes on and the next week's Throughout the summer, we're going to be keep deep deep diving into it until we see these guys actually play. Any last words there, Darren? I
1: think uh, next week, I think I think with this draft and looking into the players, I'm going to start with the seventh round and go down. Uh, okay. So I think uh, probably we'll take a look at McBride next week as the first one, as, as one of our things. And uh, uh, it won't be in time for next week, but I guess the next kind of thing that what fans are looking for is that the NFL schedule is going to come out. I think on to about the 11th the 11th. Yep. 11th and then uh, we'll get to see who, you know, we know who we're playing, but we don't know when we're playing them uh, right. and how that's all going to line up. So that's going to be a good a date to put on your calendar to kind of
0: just, you know, take a look at how the Viking schedule is going to shake out. And you can almost you know, wager that Philadelphia will be in prime time in December in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on their crappy, crappy field
1: turf. Yeah, and the Vikings will wear like the the shortest cleats possible, so they can slip and slide <laughs> all over the place. Yeah.
0: But I want to thank everybody that joined us today. We've had a great yeah. day, great week. Continue to get the rest the rest of this afternoon, because we all got to go back to work tomorrow and hit it again. Tomorrow night we have. The Real Forno show. Tyler will be going more into the draft. He's hot and heavy about it. He's still celebrating uh, Jalen Hall being selected. And I'm sure we're going to hear about that tomorrow night. Plus, we have some guests lined up in the future. So, this is going to be fun growing. We passed 500 on subscribers on YouTube in a little less than two months. We appreciate that greatly. You guys warm our hearts. We still want to grow some more, get bigger, better, and let's go on from there. We love you all. And what do we say? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcast as part of the Fans First Sports Network sports takes for the fan from the fan. Skull everybody!